This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 17th, 2023. Red Carpet Christmas, standing room only. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Here in the sanctuary there at home, this is just a glorious day, amen? Amen. You know, all the people who have ever, who have ever lived, Jesus is right there at the center, the one who divides time before and after, as we've said before. Uh, and he is the one around whom all history revolves and, and, and the one by which all things are measured. <laughs> Humble as Jesus is, he is the one who deserves to be on a red carpet at Christmas. Amen? Red, red carpet. And so that's our focus this Christmas season, red carpet Christmas. First week, Jeremy Hall preached on invitations from God and how we respond, RSVP. Responde, si vous play. Great job, Jeremy. Another part of the red carpet are the paparazzi. And so last week, we talked about them and, and how e- e- even if they had existed back when Jesus was born, chances are good, they would have missed the whole history-changing event. And so today we're going to talk about SRO, standing room only, and and what that meant 2,000 years ago and what that means today. Well, good morning, Connection. I'm just up here bawling my eyes out after Fiona sang. (laughs) My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been (laughs) saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God is good. I am really thankful for this church, for the family of God, for the way that we rally and support each other and love each other and nurture, especially nurture our young people. You know, um... Oh, gosh, I'm having a brain drain. Who's on piano? Might be going with the tears. Diane, who's on? Ryan. Ryan on piano, he's a 12th grader at Newark. You know, Fiona here. And it's about raising them up. And I'm so thankful for our team, who is a bunch of adults who are really professional at this, who embrace our young leaders. So, okay, I have to get that out of my system. (laughs) We're two sinners and we're saved by the grace of God. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. When Jeremy prayed that prayer over the offering, I felt like he was talking right to me about the, um, the hustle and the bustle of this season and you know sometimes it's easy to lose focus because there's these checklists that some of us have and Lord what's really most important is the preparation that we have for you not the other stuff that it's important but you're most important so help us uh, today just be reminded of that as we Talk about standing room only and what that means. We thank you and praise you this day and all days in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed and said. 
Amen. Amen. You know, it's so ironic when, when Fiona sings, you cry, and when I sing, you cry. It's so, it's so, it's so ironic how that works, you know? Jeez. Standing room only. Excuse my voice. I don't know what happened. I must have gotten a horse over the night, but anyway. Standing room only. An event is <coughs> described as standing room only, SRO, uh, when it is so well attended that, that the, uh, that all the chairs in the venue are, are occupied, leaving only, you know, open spaces to, to stand in. Standing room only tickets are generally a little less uh, than you would pay for seats, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be cheap. Last year at the National League Championship Series in Philly, when the Phillies were playing the Diamondbacks, standing room only were like $300. I remember you saying, well, I'm not going to stand for $300. Stand around and pay for overpriced hot dogs. Come on. Jeez. Your turn. My turn. So <laughs> when we're with our friends in India, there is a lot of standing room only. Oh, my goodness. People are so close and standing. There's like no sense of personal space. Uh, when they're in rooms, they're sitting, legs crossed, knee to knee, back to back. I mean, they're all like touching. And, it's, and in this place, there would be a thousand people because they wouldn't be comfy in seats like you are. They'd be crowded in. And here's why. Because they're desperate for Jesus. I think in America, we've lost that a little bit. But in the places that uh, we minister to from time to time, they're really desperate. And so it's really standing room only. Mm. Plus, we're a lot more used to comfort than they are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Chairs. It was standing room only in Bethlehem back when Mary and Joseph traveled there from Nazareth when she was on the verge of giving birth. Funny thing is, it wasn't the birth of Jesus that caused the standing room only situation. You know, it wasn't hordes of people crowding in because the Prince of Peace was about to be born. The town of Bethlehem wasn't a mob scene because this child, the prophet had spoken of hundreds of years before, uh, was about to enter the world. We sing about how still we see thee lie. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, but apparently it wasn't so still after all. It was quite crowded, not because the greatest birth in the history of the world was about to take place, but because the emperor Caesar Augustus had called for a census, a tracking, a collection of data. And the people had to report to their town of origin, to their ancestral home, to where their family came from. Bethlehem was David's town, King David's town. And at this point, David's ancestral family was, well, it was pretty large. <laughs> he had a lot of lineage, and that included Joseph. What a reunion when they all came home for the census. This was the reason for the crowding. This was the reason it was standing room only. I'd like to read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. This is the New King James Version. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world, think about their perspective. He, you know, all the world, the world was so much bigger, but all the world should be registered. This census took place when Cornelius was governing Syria. 
So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called what? Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, say the last part with me, because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, it's kind of funny, um, all this attention that we place on the inn and the innkeeper. No, no room in the inn. You know, you can just picture that flashing neon, no vacancy sign, can't you? The lack of reservation for the soon-to-be-born baby, Jesus. You know, I remember once as a kid, we were on vacation. We were up in the Boston area, and we didn't have reservations. And a motel after motel after motel, no vacancy, no vacancy, until about 8.30 at night. You better believe my mother never left home without reservations in advance on vacation after that because it was too, uh, too unsettling, yeah. When we were in church in Seaford, be, be, before ministry, uh, <coughs> the children's program there, the play, uh, there was a play on this situation, the inn and the <coughs> innkeeper. Oh, boy, we need to pray that he's okay by Christmas Eve. We'll be fine. A whole play. Funny thing is, the scripture doesn't even mention an innkeeper. Did you ever notice that? There's no innkeeper in that scripture. We assume there's one because there's an inn. All this attention, all this hoopla, all these plays, stories, and songs based on 10 simple words. Because there was no room for them in the inn. Standing room only. Not because of Jesus even, but because of Caesar's census. No room in the inn, standing room only. Well, later in life, when Jesus was in full adult mode, full ministry mode, he was traveling around and his disciples were with him. And the disciples were more than the 12. There were lots of disciples Word had circulated about who he was and what he did. And it was definitely standing room only. In many places, most of the time, it was a mob scene whenever Jesus was around everywhere that he went. And so we look at Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. <clears throat> One day... When uh, one day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do so because of the crowd, because there was standing room only, <laughs> They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd 
right in front of Jesus. So that is standing room only. Can you imagine it being so crowded that, and his friends were so desperate for this guy to get with Jesus that they went up on the roof and cut a hole down. And can you imagine being the owner of that home? Oh boy. Anyway, they cut the, the hole in the roof and lowered their friend down so that Jesus could heal their friend. Wow, that's what they did. That is amazing. In this story, we do read that Jesus saw the faith that they had. And so the friend was healed. He said, your sins are forgiven. He got up and walked. It's, it's a glorious story. The message was delivered. The message was uh, received. Mission was accomplished in the midst of this SRO or standing room only situation. Or how about the time uh, I know many of you have heard about when Jesus went up on the mountain with his disciples and he looked up and saw a crowd, a great crowd coming toward him. Some 5,000 men in addition to women and children. And, and he had, the scripture says, he had compassion on them. <laughs> he, he knew they were hungry and they needed to eat. You know, no McDonald's. No Panera bread, not even a Chick-fil-A. Well, there may have been a Chick-fil-A, but it was probably Sabbath. And you know, on Sabbath, they're closed down, you know? So, so no luck. No luck there. No DoorDash, no Grubhub, no Instacart. You know, it's just Jesus, the disciples, and the crowd. But there was a, a little boy in the crowd. He, he was a smart one. He brought his snack pack that day. <laughs> Five small barley loaves, two fish. And Jesus took that snack pack. He prayed over it, blessed it, multiplied it, and fed this crowd of thousands. And here, here's the thing with Jesus. You see, we don't believe in one who has just enough or maybe not quite enough. We believe in an abundant God. A God of abundance, because there were 12 baskets left over from this crowd of thousands. Can you even begin to imagine being in that, that crowd that day where there was standing room only? Wow. Or how about the story that we find in the book of Matthew? Matthew is the first gospel in the New Testament. Matthew 13 that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. There wasn't even room for him, standing room only, so much so that Jesus had to get into a boat and push off from shore in order to talk to the crowds. Wow. Jesus talked to them and told them many things and taught them many things. Jesus often taught using parables. That's truth that's shared in a story. And one of those parables might be one that you are familiar with. It's a farmer who went out to sow some seed. And if you can imagine the scene, Jesus in the boat, crowd standing room only and he could have looked off into the distance 
and actually seen a farmer out there sowing seed. He took regular everyday things and used those to teach and help people understand the truth of who he was, of his character, of God, of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so that day, he talked about seed <clears throat> and what happens when it is sown in different kinds of soil and, um, and how that seed is like the message of the kingdom of God and, and that soil is kind of like some of us. Uh, you know, some of that soil is just packed hard from people walking on it, the walkways. It, it's almost like cement and seed scatters on that and, and it can't even hardly, it can't begin to penetrate. Uh, and then in that area, there's a strata of rock. It says the rocky place. Well, there it's not rocks here and there. It's a strata of rock a couple inches below the soil. And so that seed will, 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 will germinate and send down roots, but they can't go very far. They can't really dig in. And, and, that, and those seeds don't, don't really do much because of And then some of that soil is weed-filled. I'm familiar with that soil. Every place I've ever lived, <laughs> that seed was surrounded by weeds. And, and so the seed uh, germinates, but, but it can't really do anything because <clears throat> those weeds just choke it out. But here's the thing. Some of that seed germinates and some of that seed grows and some of that seed matures as we get ever, ever closer to God. It was standing room only that day on the shore as Jesus shared many parables from the boat, telling the people about God and his kingdom, telling the people about planting seeds because even though some of that seed falls on bad soil, some of that seed falls on rocky soil. Some of that seed falls on weed-infested soil. Some of that seed falls on good soil and produces uh, 30, 60, even 100 times what was planted. Keep that in mind next time you're telling somebody, next time you're planting some seeds about God's kingdom. Not, not all is going to hit the good soil, but some will. And there'll be quite a return for the planting you did. Pause. I want you all to help me. Will you stretch out your hand? I live with this man and this just happened. He was not like this when we left this morning. We're going to pray for healing right now. Okay? <clears throat> Almighty God, we lift Alan up and we pray that this little thing going on is just done today. And that um, he... Uh, doesn't get sick, and we claim that in Jesus' name. We look forward to uh, pre preaching to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people uh, by the end of uh, next week, because the good news is too, um, too good to keep to ourselves. And so we ask healing upon him, and we thank you ahead of time for what you're going to do. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. So we could go on with this, but the standing room only. I think you understand that when Jesus was an adult and he was preaching, standing room only was the case every single where place he went in his three years of ministry.
even at the end, especially at the end. Think about the crucifixion. That drew quite a crowd. Wow. You know, no TVs, no computers, no video games. How did the people hear? But they heard. And there were a lot of people there. Their social media was only mouth to mouth, mouth to ear. And it was loaded. You know, high profile, charismatic. He was crowd inspiring. His ministry was politically dividing. People began to spiritually thrive. It was Jesus, the likes of what the world had never known, had never seen. Jesus the Christ, the light of the world, bringing hope to the hopeless. There were so many people who came here to see Jesus crucified that day. They had heard about him. It sounds to me like it was even like the entertainment of the year. You know, they made fun of them, the religious officials. Oh, save yourself. You know, it, mm, it was standing room only for sure. But here's the thing. The center of attention, the main event, he wasn't standing at all. He was hanging. He was hanging on a cross. Mm. So that scene at the end is far removed from what we were talking about at the beginning of the day, isn't it? Far removed. There at the end, Jesus was the center of attention, the focus, the, the main event. And he had been for a couple of years. He, he was the reason there was standing room only there at the end, but, but not at the beginning. Standing room only, not because of Jesus, because of Caesar and his census. The birth of Jesus at that time was just a little side story, a, a footnote. <laughs> An under-the-radar event quietly happening in a stable, away in a manger. <laughs> Certainly not the center of the town's attention that night. There was plenty of room in that stable, enough even for some shepherds who had been given a celestial invitation to come and visit this newborn baby, a baby the likes of which the world had never seen before or since. The good news of great joy for all people, born that day in the city of David, a Savior, Christ the Lord. Standing room only. You know, sometimes for us, Christmas can get a little crowded. And I don't mean people. I mean, what we think we need to do, what we need to accomplish, and there's, there's a lot. There's a lot. You know, I left, we left for our trip to Houston and Charlotte two weeks ago, and everything was taken care of, and I was able to keep up with everything while we were gone. I was on point, I was communicating, I was checking email, I'm like coming home and thinking, Everything is like really settled. <laughs> God surprised me. Because things aren't necessarily settled in our lives. There's a lot of hurt. 
Candy and I visited a lot of people who aren't able to be here with us in, in here, but they're joining online, and their stories are tough. And people are hurting, and it's hard. Sometimes we think that one more thing will just bubble us over. On Friday, after a really good week of ministry, but hard ministry, every time he looked at me, I started crying. It just, it's hard. But that's not where we stay. Because we know the hope is here. The hope is coming. The light of the world is here to pierce our darkness and bring light. And so the question is, is our heart standing room only? Is that the way it is? Or are we going to open up the door and say, okay, I really, I know that things have to be done. We do have to put food on the table. We do have to wrap gifts. We do have to do all that. But does it need to be as crazy and frenetic as we make it? Jesus is the one who brought us into our being, brought us into existence, and he's the one who we live for, I pray. And he's the one that we need to honor and bless. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. You know, back on that first Christmas morning there in the manger, there was plenty of room there. Because he wasn't the main event for them, but he sure is the main event for us. He came into the world. God knew we needed him. The word made flesh. God dwelt among us. And so we ask again, do you have space? Do you have space in your heart? Do you have space in your mind? Do you have space in your soul not squeezed into that standing room only place, but front and center place? Because he's here. He's coming. Christmas Eve. King of kings. Lord of lords. Emmanuel. God with us. Glory in the highest. Father, Son, Spirit. That's the good news. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, glory in the highest. There is no one greater than you, no one higher than you. The heavens opened. The stars shine bright. You came into the world and it was just the shepherds, but that's who you talked to. You didn't talk to the people of means and the people that had it all together. You talked to the shepherds. And that's a great thing for us because each one of us come sometimes dirty and messed up. And that's who you want. You want us. Thank you, Lord. 
thank you that there is never a time when you don't have room for us. There's never a time where you say, wait a minute, I'll get to you in a minute. There's never a time when you put us on the outside. We are your heart's desire. You desire a relationship with each one of us. And Lord, our response, glory, glory, glory in the highest. I pray this in Jesus' name, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.